You're listening to Tox Machina on the Critical Role Podcast Network. Tox Machina airs live at twitch.tv slash critical role on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific, and it's also uploaded to youtube.com slash critical role on Thursday mornings. If you like our podcast, please rate and review it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Without further ado, here's this week's episode of Tox Machina. Are we on the internet? Tonight, the Mighty Nine rest in Rexentrum, have a pit, pi- a pit fight and a spa day, and return to Jorhas. We'll break it all down with my guests, Ashley and Matt. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> all that and more tonight on Talks Machina. Do 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 Keep happening to me. I everyone wants this job. No it's, one wants this job, Brian. No Just one keep making people do this. Yeah. My goodness. <sighs> oh, Sorry, what about our friend Arsqueef showing up Arsqueef. all the way across the planet? Yeah. From uh, from I think was it the first episode of of talks where your question was? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the first one. Oh definitely my one. God! Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. That means, because I was picking out all the questions back then, so that means I literally just, I don't remember what his question was. I just giggled at your name. Oh, it just brought everybody joy. Yeah. And now... That's all it takes, folks. Continues to bring Now there he is making emotes for us and gifts and helping <laughs> with a lot of our announcement graphics and all Hell kinds yeah. of fun stuff. Oh, good to have you guys in town. Can't have my job. It's literally too prestigious. You can go ahead and Brexit through the gift shop, my friend. All right, we have a couple of announcements. Thank God. <laughs> we're gonna, we're, we have to dust a little bit of the rust off from the break, you know? We've been gone for like a month. When was the last time there was a Tox Machina? That would be- Last year? On, yeah, yes, Brian, it was last year. Back in December. December, have you been on since you've been back? Yeah, once, right? I. Th- have <laughs> once with Matt, so oh really? No way! Yeah, yeah. Is with Matt. Oh. Just meant our to be. routine? I think so. Oh, Sorry, that, not, right. not a baseball card variant, but <laughs> that's awesome. So good. That works out. It works. It works. <laughs> Don't touch him again. I can't make any promises. No, literally, it's like an insurance thing. Travis told me we're not allowed to touch Matt anymore. It's gonna happen. Oh, it's very close. Oh. I got a knee boop. <laughs> Kyle <laughs> just squishing. Kyle just throws a bucket of water. That's true. Yeah, that's was made by. Oh no, it's this. The na- their name has escaped me. But uh, we got a bunch of those in a in a big box from it's so a critter who it's knitted so them all together. I can't. It is a nice little it's squishy. It's really nice. It's like a stress ball. <laughs> go ahead and put all of your stuff into there tonight, Matt. As we as we uh, go throughout the show, just release it all into the uh, octopus. I will be fine. Okay. Uh, hey, announcements. This one is very good. That's amazing. Um, we announced a very special project yesterday. Our next campaign guide set in Wildemount. 
Go on. <laughs> and created a partnership with our friends at Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, it's gonna be released on March 17th, which if I'm not mistaken, Arsqueef is St. Paddy's Day, right? You're Irish? No, that's actually St. Andrew's Day. St. Andrew's Day, yes. <laughs> After the famous... Saint? Saint. <laughs> Hey, bet a thousand. Anyway, the uh, Wild Mount uh, Wild Mount campaign. It says here now instead of uh, Wildemount is uh, going to be on March seventeenth. The Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount is that, that is that's the actual title. It's currently available for pre-order in our online shop, D and D Beyond, Amazon, and more. But as always, we like to ask you to consider checking out your friendly local game shop too, if you need to purchase the book please, or pre-order please, it. Please, please, please. Um, if you're in the Los Angeles or Greater Los Angeles area, as they say, I can think of 50 places that are going to carry it and that you can go. I mean, Barnes and Noble has it for crying out loud. Much less all the mom and pop places. So plenty of awesome mom and pop. Places. Also, yep. you've been working very hard on this for a very long time. Mm -hmm. It's true. I'm very, very proud of you. Me too. You really accomplished something so amazing. It's you. awesome. Still processing it. It's crazy. <sighs> there were a lot of crazy. nights where, uh, you know, there was just no Matt around because he was writing, and we were all very stoked, and we we're all very like, "Can we read it?" He says, "No." Can we read it? He says, "No." And then every once in a while, he would take a break, and he would come hang out. And it was fun because you were working on something that was so fulfilling for you, and it was exhausting, of course, but any fulfilling work should be, I think, to a yeah. certain extent. And it was nice to just see that you got to use a whole other side of your talent and everything in that writing space. Um, I, You always, even though you were tired, you always were sort of glowing after a lot of those long writing sessions. It was either that or you had, uh, perhaps taken some LSD in between the session and meeting me, but either way, There's, that's possible. There was a glow. Uh, no, I'm I'm really excited. I really am. It's it's been a lot of hard work, um, and I hope people enjoy it. I really do. Yeah. Seriously, seriously, if you can buy at your local game store. Yeah. <laughs> I can't emphasize it. There's enough. two months. Uh, you got two months to find out who's going to carry it and pre-order it there if you want. So yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Funny time. Oh, I'm excited. It's going to be out there in the world. Me too. It's going to be fun. It's nice to just, you know, it's one of those other, it's just one less secret to mm -hmm. keep. You know what I mean? Because those weigh so on many secrets. You do keep one of secrets. <laughs> it's good to let one fly. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. Wait, look into that camera and do that one more time. For <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Let us. That was for you, <laughs> That was for you when you get home. <laughs> Without further ado, let us discuss both episode 89 of Critical Role Campaign 2, Lingering Wounds, and episode 80, Bathhouses and Bastions. 90? What did I say? <laughs> We're gonna go back and discuss episode 80 as well. <laughs> we're back, we're back, we're back. I think we're we back. already did an no, no, no. episode about We're not it. gonna clear anything up. I think it may have been us, about possibly. We're back. <laughs> it might have been you guys. That's what happened is uh, it got left on the... I just went back in time. I know. <laughs> I wish I could. Go back in time? Yeah, do you know what I'd do? What would you do? I'd put this beard on me from the moment I was born and I would <laughs> yes. never, ever, ever let a moment go without it. That is an excellent usage of time travel. If you would have had purpose. your beard, I might have given you my number. Yeah. Instead, of your, instead of my instead email. Instead of your junk email? Wait, when we <laughs> met- my junk email? I, you gave me the real one? I gave you my business email. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but when we met, I had already shaved this, right? I didn't have this, did I? 
I think I had gotten rid of that already because I had this. Yeah, that would have that would have probably been a no. So yeah. If Kyle, what do you make of these? Are these coming back or no? Yeah. <sighs> I was ahead of my time. Well, I've already got it. All I have to do is shave the rest. I bet it's like, boy, powder under here. You know what I mean? Because it hasn't seen the sun in five years. The cultural touchstone that is powder, of which I invoke on occasion. I have to go like, man, Matt. Why? You got your Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> Isn't Brad Pitt or is Brad Pitt in that movie? No. No. You're thinking of the podcast that we were listening to on the way back. What was he talking? He was talking about powder. He was talking about powder, but he was talking about his version of a movie that he was in. Oh. That was cool. like powder. Oh dang. Him being Brad Pitt. But what's like powder? Sean Sean Michael Fliff. Sean Michael Flattery? Flat. Am I confusing the river flattery. dance guy with no, no, he's the dancer, the boondock saints guy? I wonder if it holds up. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. care. So we should answer questions. We should do that, Danny. <laughs> we should answer questions. Oh my Sorry. goodness, she's very sour coming into this new year. <laughs> I'm trying to keep you on track. You've spent the last three minutes talking about powder. It's true. It's a great it's film. That's true. A little ahead of its time, if you ask me. Uh, yes, yeah, um, great films. All right, we lot. begin this show like we begin every show, talking about the film Powder. <laughs> no, with crit roll stats. Yes. Uh, for both episodes 89, 90, and 80. Apparently, Danny. Uh, Bo, <laughs> played by neither of you, got the 89th How Do You Want to Do This in episode 89. Really? Oh, damn, that's awesome. Can you believe it? Marisha, are you still here? She left. Fuck. <laughs> On Ovo, the geriatric fighter. That's right. 89. Oh, man. How do you want to do this in episode 89? Oh, well that was done. Such a good fight. You can't script this shit, <laughs> but somehow all of you do. They're never going to speak up. The writers, yeah, they're on a gag. It's all a ruse. <laughs> Yasha. Yeah? Played recently by you, previously by Matt. <laughs> previously by Travis. <laughs> previously by Travis. <laughs> uh, had their go at Yasha. Yeah, I mean, well, Whoa. okay. All right. Okay, calm down. I'm saying, you know let's, what I mean. Well, got to get Tumblr off to a good start. <laughs> Yasha. dead, Brian. Huh? <laughs> it's dead now. No, it's not. I spent a significant well, amount are. of my break on Tumblr, and I can tell you, they know their way around the rules. <laughs> Yasha had the only player natural 20s in episode 89 and 90. The only natural 20s in both episodes were rolled by you. But really? it's that one that seems to only roll natural 20s or I'm be cocked. You, man, this one die that I have, I love it. But it's... It, Is it the one I got you for your birthday? Yes. Fuck! And it's, it's, there's two, it's, it's like, there's two parts to the dice. Mm-hmm. To the die. Sorry, it's not plural. So it's, it's, sometimes it won't fully roll correctly, yeah. but when it does, sometimes it just rolls really well. I just love it. Well, it's fitting I got you that for your birthday, because that die sort of sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> that sometimes it rolls a natural 20 and sometimes it, it's cocked? Yeah. It's just useless <laughs> or it's perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that follows. That follows. That, that follows. <laughs> I, I approve of, of the yeah, analogy. I approve. I like it. I approve of this message. Hey, Matt. Yeah. You facepalmed a campaign two record of 20 times in episode 90. <laughs> in one episode, 20, my God. There's a lot of weird. I feel like there, in episode 90, there was a lot of moments for facepalm. It was, it was a, 
We were silly. I wonder what it the highest silly. of campaign one was. We'll find out. I'm sure we'll find out. How, no. how the highest number per ep- like in one episode? Were you gonna say? I can't even imagine that. But but ninety was in particular a very silly episode. I think a lot of us were like coming back from the break. Yeah. Yeah. Coming back from a very intense climb in narrative for a while. It was just kind of like, let's have fun. Um, at yeah, my give me expense. shit about powder. You guys spent the first 15 minutes on the anatomy of a jellyfish. So. <laughs> and God bear. And God poop. Yeah. You know, which I saw them at the Troubadour. And robbed his boss. That was yeah. still good. That was a lot. That was cool. Well, you know, it's. it's yeah, you gotta do that when you go to a spa. I don't think you do. I don't know. <laughs> Am I doing it wrong? Is <laughs> that would you go or if There's, it's required? They, they, you know, those things are there to to be to be uh, to take home with you. All right, so we're not going together to a spa ever. Uh, well, wow! Cancel your birthday plans for this year, Matt. Oh boy! Now that I know. Uh, old, I guess there's a Mrs. Liability around. <laughs> hey, Ashley. Uh, this question comes from The Walking Dead, sort of. Not the television program, but someone's name. Okay. How is Yasha adapting to being with the group again? Does she still feel like she's not really back yet? Uh, yes, I don't think she feels like she's really back yet. I mean, it's only been, how many days since? Like four or five days? Yeah, wow. so it's, yeah. it's <clears throat> I have to keep that in mind as we're playing sort of, I mean, I've, been home and at the table for um, I don't know how many games now, but I'm also keeping in mind that it's only really been a week since she's been under the mm-hmm. mind control of uh, Oban the Punished. Um, is that what he's called now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things you can call him. Slime. Dick. Dead. Goo. Black. Yeah. Sam. Pile of nothing. Pile of. But Punished works. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna take some time to sort of, she has a lot of things to process, sort of being with the group again and also trying to find herself again. It's, it's, it's a lot, but I think she, I mean, the group has, has uh, welcomed her back in a very loving way. And I think sometimes that can make things harder um, did you but, expect that, or did you expect a little bit more pushback? I expected a little more pushback, actually. Yeah. And so I think I was... I was A little more prepared for that? Yeah, more so ready for a fight with everybody, and then, you know, I know Ford was a little bit more hesitant, and but it kind of... It dissipated a little bit more quickly, I think, because they knew. They, they knew. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think that's that's almost harder for her to reconcile is that they were sort of so forgiving of the things that she had done and even done to them and it's it's I don't think she knows how to process that. Yeah. I I don't know how to process it. So even in the game I'm I'm sort of trying to figure out how somebody would would um, deal with the weight of that. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And keeping in mind that it's only been about a week since it happened. Yeah, it's crazy. Since she's been free. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like getting free to feel like, uh, you know, like like when you were done with that 
uh, that show. Yeah. 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 So where is this? Because it's kind of like. There's obviously some weird parallel. Oh, yeah? That's you know, crazy. It wasn't mind controlled, but there no, was. No, no, no. Some... But you did have several blind spots. Hey, oh. Hey, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Let everyone forget about the joke I just made. Please. The answer to this question from uh, Mama Law One Zero Two One sounds like a, a lawyer Law and a parent. <laughs> we knew with this being the first game back from break, there would be a little finding the groove for the players. How do you balance letting them get their wiggles out with pushing the story forward? <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently by hiding behind my palms. Yeah, uh, 20 of, times, right. Um, I love to get their wiggles out. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good term, it's yeah. a good way of putting it. Yeah, if you watch the beginning of that, yeah. each episode after the break, everyone's always got their jollies. Yeah, yeah we're all excited to see each other and be back at the table. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can sense the players are having fun, you let them have fun, and it's finding the right moments to kind of throw some, some wrenches in that or throw them a, a, a nod to a direction that something's happening. Uh, so I mean, it's, it's just something you feel with your group. It's you learn it over time, and like since I've known these guys for so long, I I know when they're having fun and they're on a roll and they're kind of really enjoying the moment. And I, I don't want to be like, all right, guys, back to the narrative. If everyone's kind of in the same page and it's not going too long, if it begins to detract from you know all of us you know playing the game, then I might find ways to be like, okay, as this is happening, you know, or as the story progresses, as as the day goes on and you guys continue to go, you know, I find a way to to. Gently nudge the the narrative without it feeling like I'm shutting them down. More just kind of continuing the story, and we can still be fun and, and be silly with it. Um, I never want to try and you know shut you guys down. It would be really funny though if Matt out of nowhere was like, "Hey, stop! Stop it! Huh. Eyes forward!" I did yeah. not. I was not up till two a.m. typing these four pages. Yeah. For this farmer to tell you, you know, I demand respect <laughs> at this table. <laughs> Come I on. would die. I would die. We would all start laughing. Yeah, you would. I would die. We'd dude. be like, I would literally. Pop ah! <laughs> so I just got up and left for like twenty minutes. Yeah, we'd be like, oh shit. Oh yeah, we the, really the pouty like yeah. the pouty leave of the table, <laughs> and then it gets really awkward. And I come back, and I just like, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> um, just walking Phoenix. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, straight up, straight up. My best friend. That'd be great. <laughs> oh man. Hey Chris, give me a little more electric hell if you don't mind. Uh, Ashley, could, oh, this is kind of cute. It's, is it Caduceus Clay, but it's spelled cute? Like Caduceus. Oh, Caduceus yeah, that's clay. it, that's it, yeah. And the Caduceus writing's... Clay. That's so cute. <laughs> hey, when Yasha returned to the Jor house, did she expect the Mighty Nine to have done anything to her room? Perhaps paint over the walls or otherwise get rid of any personal effects of hers? Uh, yeah, so I went up there to see if just to see if the the mural was still there, mm. um, but I mean, yeah, she doesn't really have any any personal effects that she has. She keeps on her. She travels light, ready to ready to go. She's used to sort of nomadic life of just be, uh, being able to up and run whenever she chooses yeah, to travel light. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it was more so just making sure that the mural was still there and. Um, um, that moment when Jester made that for her was um, a, a big turning point in feeling accepted by the group because mm. it was such a large um, gesture to her. Yeah. And um, I think just seeing it 
and running upstairs and sort of looking at the mural was sort of a, a reminder of that time and seeing that it was still there. And um, yeah, that, that mural is very, very important to her um, for many, many reasons. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Matt, did you get a haircut? I did. It looks awesome. It's short. I love it, but it grows so grow fast. Out. Your hair somewhere grows to fast. Go. It does. Yeah. It'll be fine. Looks great. We can still put you underneath the air conditioning vent. And it'll blow. It'll still look glorious. It'll fucking blow. <laughs> uh, this is from Michaela Chaos. Yeah. What is your process for reintroducing NPCs that haven't been seen for a while, like Darrow, back into the campaign? Last time we saw him was during Molly's time, so how do you determine whether the Mighty Nine cross paths with certain characters again? Part of that is just seeing where they are and one, consider what would be an interesting thing to to mix it up a little bit. You know, I, I think back to the people they've encountered in the past, and it's not like it'd be cool if they ran into somebody from their past here. It'd be like you know, fleshing out NPCs in an area, and then be like, what would make sense for somebody to show up here? Why not somebody who they previously first encountered when they were doing some sort of a a fighting, you know, pit type arrangement before? And then thinking about what their timeline in life would have been leading up to that point. So I mean, occasionally as a storyteller, you're like. Man, this would be a good time to throw in some wrench from the past, whether it be narratively or backstory-based and stuff. But um, you know, Darrow was more of a like, what would make sense for them to run into? What would be interesting for them to run into, as opposed to just being an entirely new experience, right, right, something right. that's familiar, something that's different. How about that guy they ran into at the, you know, the, the fight tournament they went to? So it, it's it's more that process than anything. If you already have hundreds of NPCs, why not just? We use one of the ones you've already made. Yeah, just create and, another voice in your head. But that's head. the thing too. Like when they travel a bunch, and they, they're always meeting new characters, always meeting new figures in the world. Um, part of that too is keeping a consistency, making it known that it's not just a perpetual scrolling cavalcade of new characters. You know, there will always be people you meet for the first time, but it is a living, breathing world. Or at least I, I try and make it as, as close to that as I can, given the the format of the of the role playing game. Um, and part of that is bringing characters back that make sense in different areas and different parts of the world, and just give give that feel that different lives are going on and then occasionally intersect here and there. And that's mm. it's fun for me too. Yeah, it's amazing. Because I just like Darrow. He's a fun character. He's kind of like a. I a love Darrow so much. Yeah. I need hang. him on this show more often. I adore him. <laughs> I love him too. He's, he's like he's 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 kind of become kind of the Jarrett. Of oh, that's a good. Yeah, that's oh, that's a good way of putting it. I deeply yeah. love him. <laughs> He's fun. He's fun. He, uh, uh, his his personality comes from a, a game I worked on that got canceled years ago called Dawngate. There's this character named Varian on that that I just really love the personality of the character, and so I. I Wanted to bring it back as his NPC, and then at times when he's really excited, it starts like leaning into strong bad territory. A little oh bit. yeah! I'm like, oh no, no, pull away, pull away. Oh boy, that's amazing. <laughs> I love him more, more Darrow. Protect him at all yeah, costs. Protect him at all costs. <laughs> hey Ashley, Lion Cheshire wants to know: in the fight with Cal, was Yasha's intention to prove to herself that she could be in control of the situation and herself to do penance or something else? Did you? Slash Yasha, no, she was going to throw the fight when she agreed to come to the fight club. Um, well, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. It's, there's a lot in those questions. Um, 
so I didn't know, I wasn't planning on throwing the fight. I, I know that sort of in the previous game, we had talked about at the end of it that we had wanted to go find a fighting pit just since, since we had to pass some time while mm -hmm. we were in town. And, um, and then at the beginning of the game, you know, was kind of talking about wanting to go uh, jump in the ring and do that. And I, th I think, you know, I sort of said something kind of that just came out like, oh yeah, let's do that. And it'll be like great therapy to go jump in and right. throw some punches. But it wasn't until we met with um, the person in the, behind the, 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 the butcher's, uh, Right, right, the person who's running the actual yeah, event. Yeah, what was their name? Okay. Um, how was, I don't remember how it was, the, the, the owner? Yeah, the owner, who, who we talked to, who we made the deal to, to g g be in the fights. Jaquel, I think. Jaquel. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jaquel. Um, when she was sort of talking about um, fighting one of the champions, and I think that just kind of, that word specifically triggered something for Yasha because of, mm -hmm. um, you know, being a, a champion for Yeah. <clears throat> so, I, I kind of at that point was like, oh, you know what? I think I'm gonna throw the fight. Mm. I think I'm gonna go in and I think for Yasha, this is a, this felt like something that she would need and I feel like she's still beating herself up and is, thinks she deserves that punishment for what she did. Mm. Um, I didn't really know how that was going to manifest itself, and also I was a little nervous, because I'm like, mostly in, when you play games or do things, like, uh, go into battle in D&D, &D, you're hoping to win. Yeah, of course. But I was like, I wonder if this would work. Mm. And also being up against a barbarian, we're both you know, fairly evenly matched. And I was like, well, if we're just like, go into blows and I was like, it could take a while. But I was like, whatever, I'm just gonna try it. I'm just gonna try to see if I could, if I could lose the fight. Um, and it just, it, it, it made sense for where she is at for me. Um, and I don't know, it was, it was weird to sort of be, to do that and trying to lose. Mm -hmm. Like trying to sort of find ways to not hit her or um, keep her involved in the fight or to keep her sort of engaged with me, but also not, um, I mean, I did end up confusing her and <laughs> making her feel oh, so yeah. terrible about it. Yeah, that's true. But that was, a, that's, it, it all sort of made sense as to where Yasha, Yasha's in a very, very dark place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to sort of honor that and it's, <clears throat> for me, I feel like when I, as an actor and when I work on characters and especially with creating Yasha, I, and I think I've even talked about this before, where I think it's so important to give your characters obstacles because it's it's more interesting to give them something that they can overcome. Right. And so I'm I'm very excited to see where she how she can pull herself out of this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Wow, well, absolutely. I certainly yeah. wasn't expecting you to throw the fight, and as it was going, I mean, you can see my face probably in the inside. I'm like, like, what are you doing? Oh, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's what you, you're not gonna not gonna rage. 
All right. Makes what, perfect I, I, sense. What she played in, man, she's got some crazy, no, no, she's just, she's just going down. Okay. Okay. I'm yeah. like, you, I think there's a moment, you, I'm sure you've probably seen my face, because I'm, I'm a terrible liar and I can't hide anything unless yeah. I'm intentionally hiding it from you guys. Um, I, everything reads in my face, you can ask my wife. Um, <laughs> my wife. But, uh, my, my, my wife. My wife. Um, but there was a moment where I was like, oh. That's some dark shit, and I'm here for it. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah, I was, little, I was like, oh no, I don't know if they know what I'm, I'm doing quite yet, and I hope I'm sort of getting this point across. But I realized that you knew, and I was like, okay, okay, we're good, we're good. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> Let's do it again. Uh, Mag, JK Jagoda wants to know, how did it feel to finally play characters like Trent and Astrid, whose reputation in the campaign has been God. building up through dozens of episodes? Yeah, it's intimidating. Yeah, but I'm excited. Like these are characters, you know, be for that reason. Like and NPCs that you create, uh, the you know, for a session or a little leading into a session, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Characters you can create on the spot without any preparation, that's fun. Characters that have a long lead up to their like real arrival and interaction, uh, it there's a lot riding on it because the players have a lot of expectation. But it's it's fun to try and, and meet those expectations and make it different, get it from an odd angle, uh, and for me, figure out where they're at and how they're gonna react. Mm, yeah. It's very easy to make a, a character arch. It's very easy to, to make them very one note. And so for me, for NPCs that are this important for player characters and their stories and narrative, like Trent and Astrid are for Caleb's story, um, to me, it's very important to kind of flesh them out for myself and, and treat them like I would a player character. Yeah, you know, I do that with a lot of, you know, NPCs that are very key to the narrative and very key to, to player backstories. Mm. And so for, for both characters, very complicated characters, um, which I'm sure you gleaned from Astrid's conversation with Caleb. Very complicated character. Yes. And. Uh, Oh man, that whole conversation, I was fascinating. I didn't quite know how it was gonna go. I had like a couple of bullet points of things that, you know, kind of just moods she might be in based on how what things were discussed and right. saw where it went. And there are certain scenes, Liam especially. Liam's one of those, I mean, sure you all know very well, Liam's one of those players that if it's an intense scene, especially if it's like a one-on-one scene, it's there. Yeah, he's locked it's in. Just locked yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. when I think back to when we were playing that session, Everything else faded away. It was a very tunnel vision with Liam, and it was so intense and so locked. Um, and like I can't, like I had to go back and kind of watch it a little bit because I couldn't remember all of what happened because I was that deeply in the moment that I was like, cool. "All right, let me just remind myself of what things went down in that conversation." Yeah, um, <laughs> Liam it was cool. is a fantastic scene partner. Oh yeah, yeah, big. Oh, thing. it just he because he just he'll he'll jump in there with you. Yeah, and it sort mm -hmm. of creates a safe space to be like, "Oh yeah, we're going in the deep end." Yeah. It's really it. cool. It's 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 very, it's it's the the deepest and purest of theater you can find in a role playing game experience. Yeah. and yeah. he's just so generous with that. It's great. Very much so. It's he's never lost his theater chops. They've oh only, no, they've only improved really. Yeah. Right? This, this is where he gets yeah. his theater rocks off because you know he's busy with the family and yeah. work and everything, and and now all this chaos. Like yeah. this is more more than I think any of us. He he lives, breathes, and 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 dies theater. Yeah. Yes. And so this is this is where he gets his meat. Yep. And it's I'm sure everyone can see he's a very good actor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's so f and he also is so great at sort of I I I'm used to improv but it is something very different to improv 
something serious. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, it's like, I'm still sort of working on that muscle, but it's, he is just so tuned in and can jump in right away. It's, it's so fun to watch. Yeah. Even at the, I mean, it's intense at the table. Yeah. It's but that scene with you guys was very, I was just like, all of us were just so quiet. You yeah. could hear a pin drop because we were yeah. like, who is this woman? What is she <laughs> do? do I have to kill her? Yes. Yay. The answer is yes. Yeah. Right, Danny? Answer is always yes. Okay. <laughs> Especially with killing. I'm kidding. Don't, don't murder people. What's the answer to this? Is it time for cosplay of the week? Yes. Hey. Yay! Yay! Good segue. Cosplay of the week. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Code. I'll explain later. Hey, our winner <laughs> for this week was sent in by Alex N on Instagram, known as Britcision. Book and photo by Chris, KMDBCOs on Instagram, sorry. Let's take a look. Oh, how great is that? Oh my goodnesses. It's so cute. She did such a good job. so good. I love how worn the book is. I know. Yeah, it's perfect. I just, I love that coat. That coat is what got me. Trim on it and everything. It's so pretty. I'd wear that to Vons. That bag is great too. Yeah. You guys have Vons in Britain? Really well done. Only Vons. Only Vons. job. Makes sense. Hey, zoom in on the book, Zach, if you can. Not my face, but maybe. Anything but that face, please. Please, just something Make else. It. Anything else. Oh, sassy. There we go. Oh, it actually oh, says Tusk Love, so that's great. Good. I love it. Looks great. Yeah, she's read that a few uh, times. It's so such fun. a good yeah, job. She's, yeah. she's got the whole attitude, too. Mm-hmm. I love it. Pose. I love it. So great. That's so cool. Well, congrats to you, Alex. <laughs> congrats! You have won this <gasps> purple heart tabletop dice tray from our friends at Wormwood. Look at that. You can see that it's purple hearted. <laughs> oh, man, that's nice. You want to smell this after the show, Arsqueef? Yeah, if you could not drop my real name on the, on the show as well, that'd be cool. Did you? It's Wormwood. Shit. I said it again. His real name is Arsqueef Wormwood. That's how British he is. Hey, you can you can enter our weekly contest by visiting critroll.com slash submit. Rules for our contest <laughs> are available at critroll.com. Thank you. You're welcome. I saw you try to put this and keep it, but no, this is for well, our winner. I was gonna. Yeah, you have one already. That's fine. Well, you I lost. Need, no, my tray is was lost. It was lost. My tray was lost at the LA Live show to never to return. I think so, uh, I think Jerry has it. I don't think he does. I think Jerry's been thieving. He has not. Ryan don't Foster. you dare. I think he's been thieving. Don't you dare. Do you know what he gave me for Christmas? A mug of mine that I lost. <laughs> he's just giving everybody Do you know back. where he is right now? I don't. That's <laughs> probably working. <laughs> That's no excuse. Present, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that is a good present. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt, this question is from... Essexophone. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Hot boy. It's kind a of saxophone. funny. Yep. What? A saxophone. That's what I said. Yep. Matt, between <laughs> his reluctance to talk about himself, his offer to teleport the nine, and his admiration of the group's vulnerability in court, does Essex have imposter syndrome? 
<laughs> he loves doing that. I'm just having too much fun with this I know, thing. it's great. Um, like a great stress ball for you. Shall we bring it to the rave after? <laughs> the the octa rave? <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, he, like any individual who grows up a prodigy, who grows up coming to power and prominence at a younger age than those around them, mm. there is a natural separation from a lot of their, uh, let's just say family, social circle and such. Essek is very much compared to, even within his, his den, you know, a solitary figure. Mm. And so, in a, in a way, I think he, um, there's a unique kinship he didn't expect to find within the Mighty Nine, given the time they've had together. He, you know, was eager for these strange new folks that arrived in the middle of Rosona against all odds with, you know, one of their most uh, sought after religious artifacts and, and the effect they've had on the world around them since they did. Hmm. So I think he's deeply fascinated and, um, uh, like, I think primarily just feels a little uncomfortable being the center of attention in a space where he doesn't feel like he's having to present and be what is expected of him in every other other facet of his life. You know, he's a complicated character, and there's a lot of things in there that you know, you know, I don't want to talk about because maybe they'll come out in the story, maybe yeah, you know, conversations like that. But uh, he's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of layers as to where his head is at. And the unexpected dynamic he's built with the Mighty Nine, uh, and that's definitely been—it's been a unique thing to kind of experience through him internally. You know, one of my favorite things about being a dungeon master and creating these characters is then getting to step into their skin, have you guys continue to surprise me with these interactions, and kind of through proxy process these emotions as another person. And it's it's wild, you know. In many ways, it's hard for it not to affect you in some small ways, and you learn a lot about yourself by being in that uh, that seat. And that's part of the reason why I just love this game and what it allows you to do. Um, that's it's a lot of fun to play, and uh, it's been a really it's been been an interesting path they've all taken together. Needs to die, yes or no? No. no. You said no. the answer is always <laughs> yes no. four minutes that ago. That is not the, I, I didn't say it, I immediately took it back about murder. Oh, well. Immediately. Ryan. Sorry, Ashley, forget we did that whole thing with the answer to this horrible. question from how do I film good? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, go to film school, I don't know. Uh, YouTube. That's really funny. <laughs> hey, Yasha seemed empathetic toward the plight of Taskhand Adin, and was and as he was seemingly manipulated by the cult of Therizdun. Does her unique position motivate her to intercede for other victims of this cult, or does her frustration and guilt discourage her? Oh, I forgot about that. Um, How do I film good? Didn't? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't forget, but you know, that was before. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think she's obviously got a, a little bit of, um, I guess it's empathy, you know, for people, you know, I, I think when we went to um, where Caleb was being held, and I think when she found out the... The Dungeon of Penance? Oh, Caleb, Caleb was being held. Oh, you mean, oh, the, um, the sanatorium, the, the sanatorium, yes. yes. 
When we went there and she sort of started to figure out what had happened there, and I think with him, I, I think she, yeah, she's definitely, I don't know if empath, empathetic is the word that I would use. Um, she obviously has a little bit of a, a problem with anyone who has been controlled in any way or, or has had to do things against their will. Of course, yeah. So I think it's, I think she, because she's been through that herself, there's a little bit of anger there. Mm -hmm. And I think she wants to help anybody else who has been in that situation. Yeah. And um, I think that's why that came up for her of sort of hearing that and knowing what he had been through and, you know, trying to sort of talk to. Uh, Suggesting that she could talk to him in sort of a way of of relate, uh, relating to him and and that um, I don't know. We'll we'll see how that sort of manifests itself even more. I don't know, but yeah. that's obviously it's something that bothers her a lot. Yeah, I understand. What else bothers her? Just kidding. <laughs> Lots of stuff. Lots of things. Nothing bothers me, Matt, except for Sam's teeth. <laughs> Which we took care of earlier. Thank God. Yeah. Somebody had to bring him down a, Kyle got a one. tooth or two. Yeah. Kyle got one. He's just practicing for Thursday. That's how we'll open the show. <laughs> so dumb. Thank you for laughing. What'd you say? <laughs> Nothing. Don't worry about it. I missed it. <laughs> uh, answer this oh, question from uh, M. Uh, Basoodle. Hey, you seemed prepared for the peace talks between the dynasty and the empire to happen without the nine. Are you surprised they wanted to be involved personally? I'm a little surprised, but also not. I, I wanted, I wanted it to be an option. Hmm. You know, um, hmm. if they had gone to the Empire, and they had gone to King Dwendal and went like, "We're any part of these peace talks," you'd be like, "No, fuck you. Who are you? Get out of here." You know, you're yeah. you're you're getting by by the by the skin of your teeth based on the interactions, but they have no personal relationship with King Dwendal. From his perspective, it's like, why would you ever be part of this? Right. Um, the Bright Queen was giving an option of saying, you're not necessary for this, because it makes sense that they wouldn't be. You're some mercenaries who've done some good things and have helped out and are facilitating setting up the negotiations, but what is your experience negotiating military talks? What purpose do you serve being there? Mm -hmm. But if you insist to be there, insist on being there, then perhaps it will be in like a um, defensive circumstance or just a, a, a present watchful eye over the tense elements, then sure, we'll do that. So I, it did, it did surprise me with the fervor in which they, when I gave them an option to be like, you do not have to be part of this, you know, it will happen regardless, up to you, but they, uh, they feel invested. And that tells me as a DM too, uh, cool, they're definitely invested in these negotiations and what this means to the, themselves and the world at large. And that tells me what they're enjoying and have, attached to in the narrative. So, yeah, I'm pretty pretty stoked to see where things go from here. And that's the first question he's answered without touching the, uh, is that the eyes on the octopus there? Oh, I'm the, touching yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
and that question just got a lot stranger. <laughs> Make no mistake, my friend, I am Ducky. Uh, <laughs> Ashley, uh, Jawar Heavy now wants to know, uh, commissioning a harp seemed a very spontaneous decision. <laughs> May we get some further insight into what went on in Yasha's mind during that moment? Is she considering using it as a tool to open up, a way to express her devotion to the Storm Lord, or some sort of therapy? Mm. Uh, or maybe all the above. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those things, definitely. Definitely all three of those things, um, but also, at least to the second question. Um, there's reasons for it. I mean, maybe we'll see that play out. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's. Um, I loved that woman in the shop. She was so good. <laughs> That's one of my favorite NPCs that we have come across. I just, I'm obsessed with her. So there was, a, there was also a little bit of curiosity of seeing all the things that were hanging in the shop and I was like, <gasps> mm -hmm. I want her to make something. Um, Needs to die, sorry, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just no. kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Danny, um, I'm kidding, sorry. Wait, what was her name? Kiona the, Kiona the Keen. Oh, Are you looking God. at me? The dungeon master is right next to you. Well, you're, you're lore master I too. I ask you questions all <laughs> the time. Yeah, but he's got 293 this campaign alone already. Probably NPCs, <laughs> probably maybe more. more. I don't even. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, there are reasons for um, uh, having that uh, commissioned. Um, but yeah, it's 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 lots of things. I think you know, it's also adding to her character and also just with seeing everything in the shop and thinking of a, a harp made out of bones. I mean, that's really fucking cool looking. Cool. <laughs> yeah. um, so it was also, you know, me, Ashley, just being like, I want one. <laughs> she does want one. She talked about it, she talked about it this week. Um, she, I, I came home from work. She says, can we talk about the bone harp again? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it doesn't need, yeah. doesn't need to be life size. I mean, but I, uh, music is something that's actually very important to her. And I think, again, this goes back to I, I like I wanted Yasha to be to have a lot of contradictions mm. where she is a barbarian, but she's very gentle mm. and, and she loves flowers. And obviously she loves flowers for a reason because of Zuala and she loves music for a reason because of Zuala. And so I think it's, it's there, it, it's definitely different forms of self care, but I don't know if, she really knows that. Yeah. But I, I think, mm. I hope that sort of in learning to play that and sort of have those moments alone and learning how to play that, that it'll, it'll be, it, I wanted it to sort of be another tool for her to sort of start her journey and sort of bettering herself and, and learning to overcome all the things that she's been through. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I like your shirt. Thanks. Did I get that for you? No, I've had this for quite a while. Oh, okay. This is actually a vintage piece it that is? was given to, um, so you know I like vintage. I don't even know why I'm doing this. <laughs> this is actually from the Tropicana Company. 
Really? I think this was something that they gave out to their employees. <laughs> where did you find that? I don't remember where I found this. It was some random vintage just shop. Some Tropicana employee? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> they just make shirts at some point for like a, I, who knows? Did you rob a guy's house? <laughs> while he was at his bowling league game? Babe. Sorry. Roll closet. Hey, Matt. Find out. Where uh, yeah, shirt. they'll find out. They'll yeah, find they'll out which yeah. uh, which guy you stole that from. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, Matt. The guy in yes. Florida. Cthulhu Bear wants to know. Cthulhu Bear. Aww. Hey, the Bright Queen is over a thousand years old. I don't know why age matters. From the age of Arcanum. She would have probably been alive the last time Therizune tried to break free, but she seemed to dismiss it as a threat when Caleb brought it up. Is there a reason she's not that concerned? When, when the calamity happened, it wasn't like a one-day event. It wasn't a, a thing. It was a, it was a protracted period of time that historically there, there's no real certainty to how long it had been. It was a a battle over a year, 10 years, 100 years. It's, it's a little wibbly-wobbly. Hmm. Um, the history of the Kryn actually places them far beneath the surface of Jorhas when they initially broke themselves of the influence of Lolth, of the, the Spider Queen, uh, long in those years and years and years ago. There's a good chance that during the time in which Therizdun and the, the showdown with, you know, Pellor and, and the Everlight and these entities was not necessarily near Jorhas at the time. So that was more the, the, the showdown of the climactic battles. And even then the Betrayer Gods weren't like all in one big unity. There was a lot of them that were kind of allied in some, Therizdun was definitely its own rogue entity because who would want to, you know, I want to rule because I want to. I want to bend all mortal creatures to my will. How about you? Well, I want to ensure that we rob the wealth of the land, and I'm the ruler. How about you? <laughs> cool, it's yeah, going that yeah, guy. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. there weren't a lot of alliances with her as between the betrayer gods. So, right. I, I would think that the dynasty. Uh, look at Therizdun as the same boogeyman that most cultures do. This thing that existed, that they never encountered, wasn't an ally of theirs, that hasn't been important for a long time, and is sealed off in some mysterious place. Hmm. Um, it was also an aspect of her having a lot of other things to focus on at that moment that were much more a primary issue without any real evidence beyond just somebody saying, we think this is a problem. Yeah. Um, so it was, that was kind of the mindset, you know. Oh, 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 oh whoa, whoa, whoa. I knew it. I knew it. I know. Henry, Henry is passionate, Henry, dog. It's and totally I respect fine. that. Okay, he's okay. Come here. He's okay. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, you're not going to help him. Come here. <laughs> Come here. He's okay. Lay down. Yeah, you don't good even boy. know where he is. He's probably okay. Boy, he's he's protecting okay. his house. He's probably okay. Good no. job. You, you did it. You did it. You got, everybody's fine now. You protected Sorry, everyone. See ya. <laughs> yeah, makes perfect sense. There you go. Makes perfect sense. Henry. Nobody. You're okay. <laughs> He's like ready to go. He's like, let me at him. <laughs> hey, do you know what will distract him? Yeah, I do. Fan art of the week. Yeah! Fan art of the week. Yeah! Fan art Wow, we have. That was amazing. It's, it's turning into its own theme song. I know, it's like coming. every week, there's certain pieces that sort I of remain. I that song. It's very important. It's very important. This week's fan art winner for Campaign 2, Episode 90 was sent in by Astro Lunas on Tumblr. Let's take a look. Oh, so good. 
that's so great. I love it. So oh. good. I love the art and I love oh, the Bali. Oh, beautiful. Oh. That reminds me of Peter Pan's shadow. Yeah. That's how you can see up. the wall. Weird, because it reminds me of Taliesin's character who passed away. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, of course. I hate you so much, bro. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I love that picture so much. It's beautiful. That's awesome. Wow, well worth a <laughs> purple heart dice tray as well. That's for yeah. Sure. Yeah. These are sturdy. They smell good. They're from our friends at Wormwood. Each of these, professionally huffed by our own Brian W. Fossey. <laughs> I'll even let Arsqueef huff this motherfucker, man. It's named after him. Hey! Remember, you can enter our weekly contest by submitting to critrollcom <laughs> slash submit. You thought I was going to use the right one, but I used the left one. I did, you threw me off. You're welcome. <laughs> Money 20, I keep things fresh. Here we go. Here's a question from, I can't find my place. So much for keeping things fresh. Can you please show your shoes, by the way? Tetris Pumas? They have the little Tetris. Uh... Danny? Oh, I don't know. I don't Danny, know show your, uh, oh yeah, it says it on the. Says yeah, the Cirques. There you go, Danny. Representing them, uh, them Tet, what is that? That's other house of Tetris? Yeah. Yeah, Tetris Pumas. Man, why miss the memo on this? Someone sent a bunch of them here by mistake. I think maybe by mistake. Probably. That's the only way I end up with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than uh, the old five finger discount. There you go. You know what that means? I, I you do. stole it? <laughs> Ashley, instead answer this question <laughs> from Tyler DeRossier. I think that's how you say it. Okay. Yasha was always against wearing heavy armor, but under the control of Oban, she got a new breastplate that she seemingly hasn't taken off yet. Is this oversight proof that she wants to stay alive and fight for her new friends or just waiting before the new bracers? Um, that's a little bit of a complicated question. Um, yeah, it's waiting for the bracers, but I think there's also, um, yeah, that was that was her protection for a long time, and it's it's complicated because it was something that Oban gave her. So it's it's a it's 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 complicated. If you got but kidnapped, I, I, I think, but right before they let you loose, they gave you a Rolex. <laughs> yeah, you and know? you're like. I could keep this. I could sell it. I could sell it and do good things. Of course. Um, yeah, I, th that's something that I, I think I want to explore in in game. Mm -hmm. um, makes sense. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Because I, ha I have thoughts on it, but I think I just want to see how that plays out. Mm -hmm. I got you. Um, yeah. I got you. But it's a really cool looking breastplate. It is. Yeah. With the horns and. You could take you I could you could maybe take it to someone and say, "Could you make me one of these with a little less baggage?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Inspired by. Inspired by. Yeah. You know. Plus, there's there's I I I just I love the idea of how it looks me personally. So I'm like, I don't want to let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Oh, you can melt it down and, you know, pour it on someone's head. Ooh. This is true. You know, if they owed you, like... All things I've already thought Oh, of. shit. <laughs> she has them all figured out, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that's what she does at night. She tells me about all the 
torturous things she Say wants to list. do to her enemies. Yeah, exactly. Hey, <laughs> mm. bad. sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daily Twin One wants to know, uh, during the talk with the Bright Queen, the captain was heavily overstepping boundaries with the Bright Queen without penalty or chastisement. What is their relationship that she has allowed such familiarity with the Queen? Because you said at one point, like normally, you were said something about this not this being very abnormal that that they were talking in that way, right? Insubordinate. Insubordinate. I know that was an interesting moment. I hate moment. that word. I you was would. curious about that too. <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate insubordinate. <laughs> Everyone who's told me I fucking was. Anyway, um, go ahead, Matt. No, that that is the uh, essentially the high general of of the Kreen. You know, uh, like the the top military uh, individual of, of the entirety of the dynasty mm. beneath the Bright Queen. Mm. Um, uh, they are also the Bright Queen's partner. Um, <laughs> yeah, because um, then so that through multiple, multiple lifetimes, mm. um, both of them. So like as the idea of you know coming back through the cycle and, and returning and being born, you know they both lived lives as. Uh, you know, men, women, uh, both, neither. You know, she mentioned those things before. Like, gender, sexuality makes a lot less sense when you've lived multiple lives in multiple shoes and it just becomes people. Hmm. And that's kind of where their relationship has gone through the years, including its tensions and knowing each other and kind of that aspect there. So, I don't think this really affects the storyline. One way or another, so I'm like, I'm comfortable talking about it. Kind of, yeah. Um, Have you ever seen Only Lovers Left Alive, the Jim Jarmusch movie with Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton? You got to watch this movie, everyone. When this when this show is over, go see that film. It's It's incredible. It's very good. They play vampires who are alive for a long time. That's all I'll say. But right, right. It's very. It's reminding your 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 tale is reminding me of that wonderful film. Okay. I had a feeling. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling because I feel like that's the only. It, yeah, I had a, I had a feeling. Yeah. that was that was what was up. That's really beautiful. Cool. cool. Great characters, Matt. Yeah, oh, they're fun. Uh, Ashley Vinxek, uh, Yasha has been powering through that tome for several days in a row. Does yep. she enjoy reading? If so, what kinds of books does she like? Fitness-related ones like the tome or smut? Like the tome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think she. I, I think she really enjoys any activity that is alone, mm. solitary. I think she. She. Um, <laughs> I always feel like when I'm talking about Yasha, I'm talking about myself. I was just gonna say, <laughs> sounds very oh familiar. Um, yeah, I think she. She really likes activities where she kind of. Um, gets to be alone. I think sort of reading a fitness book isn't necessarily the first thing that she would go to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because Ford gave it to her, it, it's another. It was another gift, and she takes that very seriously. Mm. And so I think that's another. I mean, outside of of course having to finish it with a certain uh, amount of in a certain amount of time to sort of have the effect come into play. Yeah. But I think she received a gift from Ford. I, f- I, I feel like she's she's wanting to read it so quickly so she can go back to him and be like, thank you so much for this book. I read it and I, you know, someone giving her a gift, she's, she's gonna 
take in every part of it. And, um, but outside of that, I, I don't think fitness books would necessarily be the ones that yeah. she would go to. I mean, the other book that she keeps on her is a book from Molly, which is where she, it's, it's the book that she keeps all of her flowers pressed in. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, and yeah, so that's a special, special book for Molly. Mm. Um, but she does like to read very much, but probably, I, I would say more so fiction stories. Fitness books are kind of Travis's thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every time yeah. I get on a plane with him, he's got a stack of fitness magazines, you know. There's that whole section, libraries growing up, you know, young adult fitness. Yeah, right. young adult fitness, <laughs> yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, I was Different there. Different kind of Goosebumps uh, series in that section. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Favorite section of the bookstore. <laughs> not. <laughs> Thanks for saying not and taking us back to that time period we were just Sorry. talking about, Shut by up. the way. Shut <laughs> I'm bringing it back. <laughs> please, please don't. I love me a well-placed not joke. Good Lord. Matt, uh, help us forget that not joke with... Uh, Firefall131 wants to know, how did Essek feel about the long period of time without a message from Jester? Was he worried the Mighty Nine were dead or had shifted their allegiances to the side of the Empire? I think he was more just happy to not get them out of the blue all the time. <laughs> oh God, yeah, <laughs> or, straight up. Or like a Lyft driver being summoned to bring him somewhere mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. No, I th I'm sure there was concern. Um, I mean, he's had a lot of his own stuff to worry about and you know his place amongst the, uh, the other higher end den members that surround the Bright Queen and kind of advise on the current conflict and where it stands. Um, I'm sure he was concerned and was happy to hear that they were okay, but as is a person of his training, his station, and just his general persona and why, how he likes to present himself, he would never openly show that concern at first, you know? I think, I think given who he is and, and how he likes to Likes other people to think of him. He would be, you know, you can maybe see it in his eyes for a moment when he first got the message and was like, good, of course. Yeah. I assumed you'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Too cool for school a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, Astral Sea Siren wants to know. Those are the best kind. Did Yasha know Molly's cards were incomplete? What would she think of Jester continuing the cards? Um, not something that I thought about, but I imagine she would because mm. um, I feel like that was something that, I mean, I've talked to Talison about this too, where they definitely, I mean, he would do a reading on her or because, you know, something that Molly loved to do, so. I don't know if she would know they were incomplete. <laughs> I, I don't, I personally don't, sorry. I don't know how tarot card readings work. Okay. Me, Ashley, okay. so I don't know if you would know that. <laughs> I guess if, if someone was doing a reading and if, if it, I mean, I guess maybe if she saw a card. I don't know the answer to that question, actually. I've never been to a tarot card reading because of an old restraining order, but. Against, that against tarot card tarot readings? readers? I'm not supposed to go near him. I misunderstood what they were doing and <laughs> not started that I am the fire. Them, I've just, just never all been. All tarot readers just made a yeah. blanket restraining order against you. It's pretty tough. <laughs> I've, got, I've got 
a few tarot readings. You have? Yeah, just because I was like, ah, I want to see what it's you like. It seems fun. And like, you know, a couple times it was like, ah, it was fun. You know, you're looking, yeah. you're looking for like the, you know, for adult entertainment only type, you know, uh, asterisk. And then I've had like a couple readings where I was like, that's a little spooky. All right. Yeah. Mm, you yeah. know. In what way? To like accurate? As in like, yeah, some, some elements taken from it. And I know a lot of it too is probably just me, you know, hearing things and like a lot of elements in a similar realm to, to yeah. tarot is like where it's you making the connections as opposed to having it there. But there were there were a few things maybe go, mm. that's a little spooky. That's a little close to events that are happening and concerns that are very, you know, present. forefront and present in my mind right now. And that's very timely. Because some people can sort of just pick up on stuff, you know, and then some people they just use generalizations. Like if you go to a psychic, you know, and they go like, do you have an aunt that's hella extra? And you're like, everybody has an aunt who's hella extra. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's, that's I get not that really... question all the time from yeah, the psychics yeah, yeah. I go to, Brian. <laughs> I used to call him as a kid because they had him on TV late at night when I was looking for the fuzzy porn. Yeah. yeah. And they, yeah, and I would call and I would say, do you know who this is? And they would say no. And then I'd be like, well, you, I'm not paying you. You fucking suck. <laughs> you know who this is? You know what I mean? How are you going to tell me my future if you don't even know who's calling? And then they invented Very good caller point. ID. And then they invented caller yeah. ID and my <laughs> mom cut the phone line. My <laughs> but to the other part of that question, I don't think Yasha would be upset that Jester would sort of complete Continue the cards. The deck yeah. Because I think Jester is one of those characters that you, she wears her heart on her sleeve, and mm -hmm. you, you, you know her heart. She's sentimental. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think it, if that if way. that deck went to anybody who would use them, hmm. it it couldn't have it, it just couldn't <laughs> have gone to the, in better hands. Yeah, there couldn't have been a more chaotic person yeah. than Molly to have been happy to see them go to. Yes, yeah, I think I think Yasha knows that Molly would be so happy. Yeah, I also am convinced that Jester's the evil big bad, so she's gonna I use, use so. the cards in some sort of magical way to kill all of you. <laughs> no comment. I just can't, I can't wait to see how Laura uses them because I know, I know it's gonna, it's gonna be, be amazing. Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't forget about stuff. No. Jester has been such a, an unknown like pressure valve for Laura's id, <laughs> that, that I don't think any of us could have expected. What a great way to yeah. play. Like it's a whole, yeah. it's a whole aspect of her that she didn't create Jester out of thin air. Jester is a part of her that's been like dying to be released yeah. for so long, and we're all just like learning so much about Laura through that's this campaign. True. I'm like, I, oh man, yeah, we gotta hang out more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> I love it so much. So good. It is fun to see because, yeah, especially after playing those other characters for so long, and then you just you dream big, and then you figure out like, okay, now what are all the little nuances and all the little stuff? And it's funny you go back to the first episode of this campaign, and there's still so much of that same gesture. Like, it's just you can tell this was yeah was brewing, ready, ready yeah. to go by Game the time. Game one, it was yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, well, Matt, we got to get out of here because uh, they shut the power off because we forgot about the bill. Uh, AC Analyst wants to know, how different has the campaign become from what you perhaps imagined? For instance, did you ever expect the Mighty Nine to be peace envoys? Did you expect them to side with one of the nations and partake in the war? Uh, it's been very different from what I expected. I did not expect them to get this involved. I figured... And I kind of gave instances where I wanted the war to be a backdrop. I wanted it to be like a thing that was present in the world and they could engage with or as little as they wanted to. Um, and 
you know, I want elements of it to affect their story to kind of just make it feel like there's something large going on, but it's largely your, your narrative. Um, especially with the idea of them, you know, running into this beacon and being kind of put in this, this point that was like, all right, this is, this is enough of a, uh, a, a crazy gift for you guys to decide what to do with it, and this is going to decide your story. Are you going to be on the run? Are you going to sell it off? Are you going to try and ascertain its nature, and it becomes like a central artifact that you carry with you the rest of the game? Like, what you know, what is this going to be? Do you not trust either side, and as such, nobody should get it? Um, pardon me. Do you entrust it with somebody? Yeah. And yeah, they they went right to. Let's go to the heart of it. Let's talk to the one of the two leaders in the center of this conflict, and and and. Yeah, it's been very, very different from what I expected. And uh, not that I expected much, but I had ideas of like, maybe they might go this way, they might go this way, you know? I've played with them long enough, I think I have a good idea of, no, no, mm-hmm. they continue to, to surprise me, which is so fun for me. It's so fun. Yeah, it's I, boring otherwise. Yeah, there, there are so many like... Predictable. Yeah, exactly. I've, I, I give back to my early, early notes of, of campaign to like little scrawlings of like, maybe this will happen down the road, maybe if they go this way, and like, n- a lot of that's not viable because nothing ever went those directions and it's just like <laughs> shit that never got realized and mm. it's so much cooler than it could have been. You know, and that that to me is, I don't know, there's, there, there's few feelings as proud as a dungeon master than looking at your players being like, you guys totally threw me for a loop mm-hmm. and it's so much better for it. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's cool. great. I can think of ways in our home game where that's happened where, oh, yeah. you know, it's just, if you can draw after it's all over, you know, you can just sort of draw on a map like their the the, the their journey, you know, and you're just like, mm-hmm. holy cow, you know. And versus yeah. we were like, all right, here's where they're gonna, go, you know. I I feel like I'm slowly learning that. How do I put this in words? I guess playing it safe is not the best way to play this game. In my opinion, no. Mm, yeah. Because it's. Even if something really terrible happens, it's fun to, for the whole group to try to fix it. Yeah. Um, like if someone makes a decision and you're like, oh, why yeah. did you do that? But then everybody having to fix it, some interesting things come out of it. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to sort of learn that like, oh, if you take a bigger risk, sometimes it's a little bit more fun. It's one of the benefits also, and I will say this, it's one of the benefits of having a group that trusts each other. Mm. It's hard. Absolutely, it's hard to make those big risks if everyone at the table are kind of new to each other yes. gaming, because then it feels like you know you're fucking over somebody else's gameplay experience or yes. making it harder for them for selfish reasons. Like I don't recommend that necessarily if it's like a new group, right? Um, but um, you know, when you've been playing long enough and you trust that the bigger risks, the bigger choices, fail, success or failure lead to far more interesting story elements and challenges for all of you to tackle together. I'm always, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, it, but you're right. It has to be with, with a group that you've played with for a little time or, or that you know each other well. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's definitely more fun. You're like, ooh. Yeah. This is not how I thought this was gonna go. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a little voice in your head that goes like, oh man, it'd be crazy if I did this. And you're like, mm-hmm. ah, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> Travis does it all the time. Travis does it all the time. Yeah. He's my favorite button pusher. Yep. Oh my god, yeah, he's such a yeah. He 
he just he's a yes to whatever that voice says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a hard yes every he also single time. Everybody else on. Yeah. Like a lot he of does. like the big moments in the campaign, like if you go back even to campaign one, campaign one spoilers, uh with the with the Keela jumping off the cliff, he's like egging her egging on her the on. whole time. I mean, watch part four of uh Undeadwood chapter. Right. One. Yeah. I see some serious egging Travis. that has some serious consequences. Travis is a do true it, follower it, of the traveler. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like completely. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, absolutely. He's absolutely. He's, uh-huh. he's a paladin of the traveler. Big yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. I Big agree time. with that. I completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Yep. Agent of chaos. <laughs> Big time. Uh, well, that's all the time we have. First show back, but there will be many more. Many, many more. Right, Danny? At least couple. I mean, couple yes. this year. I mean, I'll wanna, be here. How many do you want to do this year? We average around what, 45, 47? What do you how many do you want to do this year? I mean, I guess like at least 10. 10? 10 good ones. 10 good ones. Like solid episodes. All right. We're going to aim for 10 solid. Does this one count? <laughs> we got a hot couch. Does this count? Ashley. I feel Ashley. good about it. Ashley's it good. She bumps it up. Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, had Matt played with the octopus nipples. Yeah. Uh, cool. Their eyeballs. Left our squeeze some, yeah, yeah, you say. Some, uh, <laughs> let, okay. Oh, boy. Wait, one more time. Do it again. Yeah, let's just, there we go. Yep. Now give me a little rub of the, uh, yeah. okay. that's neat. All oh, right. yeah. Wow. This is getting weird. If my nipples could do that, I'd get paid like okay. crazy. They do do that. Yeah, but I can't show them on Twitch. Okay. That's what I was trying to use reverse psychology. That's all the time we have for tonight. (laughs) I would like to thank Ashley, Matt, everyone here, everyone there, except for that dog for joining us. Love that dog though. Episode 91 of Critical Role Campaign 2 airs this Thursday at 7 Pacific. Wow, so in nine weeks, we'll be at episode 100 of Campaign 2. Yeah, holy fuck. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, That is crazy. That is crazy. Feels like it started, you know, Three years ago, merely. As always, don't forget to love each other. <laughs> don't worry, it's almost Thursday. What? We also had another amazing guest on the show. Will you let me get to it? I'm so sorry. I you have it planned all something. planned out in my mind. Okay. Stay turned, my friends. And remember, <laughs> creepy and a crime. Arsqueef? Do you remember what the rest is? Yeah. You have to say it, though. It's not a podcast. You have to actually come say in, it. Come in. Neither is d and Good night, my friends. We love you. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Money 20. Right, Henry? Money. Thank you for listening to Tox Machina on the Critical Role Podcast Network. If you like this episode, please drop a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talks Machina airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash critical role on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you next time.